Hey, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. So, Dean, uh, we're fans of automation, right? We are. Oh, yes. Yeah, we like, well, I'm still waiting for my house to be fully automated. Well, but we like things, that, yeah, we like things in our lives that make, yes. that make our life easier, yes. make work easier. Yes. So, what, I mean, what are some automated things in your life that you, you've come to enjoy? Well, uh, well, my car a little bit. Well, that's true. Know, Mr. Know, it's Tesla got that, over It's here, got that yeah. auto drive. I don't yeah. have the fully autonomous yeah. version, but... Uh, let's see what else. I don't know. You yeah. know, that's but see, that's what I'm waiting for. I yeah, need I, more I'm with automation you. in my. I've home. got a little bit of stuff going on around my house, like stuff for lights. Like we've got oh, some yeah, lights yeah, yeah, outside yeah, yeah. that I, are automated. I, here I'm thinking robotics. I got no, I'm smart with you, plugs. Yeah. You know, smart that I use, plugs, like yep. at Christmas time and yep. everything. Yep. You know, yep. little, smart lights. Little yep. little bit of stuff around that. Yep. Like our alarms. You know, that don't you have a thermostat? Do you have one of those? I do. That's right. Yeah, one of those nest things. Yeah. So I'm getting there. You're getting there. But it feels like there is a lot more room. I think you're right to do a lot. More automation. So. Yeah. Well, we've been we've preached automation to our VARs in the past. Yes. In particular to them about you know adding automation to their own business. Yeah, their tech stack. To, yeah, well, not even that, like just you know their internal business, oh, like right. automating processes. But yes, to your point, we've talked about it with a tech stack as well. Mm. So we're going to dive a little further into that today. Get, okay. Maybe maybe revisit some topics we've talked about before about nice. automation and nice. where some opportunities might be for our VARs to sell. Automation solutions. There you go. Yes. Because there should Always be some good money in that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Again, if two so. guys like us are saying we want to automate more, <laughs> I promise you there's a lot of people out in there. A lot of businesses. A lot of businesses that want to do the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Actually, they kind of have to, and I guess we'll get into that, too. There you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got Tyler Wells from Microtouch joining us today. We're going to dive a little bit into some some stats around automation, mm. what's going on with it. He wrote an interesting article for SAS Journal that we're going to – is that how you say it? ZAS? ZAS, to say? ZAS okay. Journal, yep. That's uh, it. That we're, you know, we're going to dive into – We'll talk about you know why he advocates for VARs getting on board with automation right now and not mm-hmm. waiting too much longer. Mm-hmm. Getting to touch screens, obviously, how they fit into the equation. Of that's course, Microsoft and Microsoft yeah. excels at. Yep. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about some specific industries. You know, things that where you you probably know that automation belongs, but you know what it really means. Maybe some that you don't. So nice. All right, let's go. That's right. <laughs> All right. All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's second connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. As I mentioned, our guest today is Tyler Wells. He is the North American Sales Manager for Microtouch. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We appreciate having you. Tell us a little about yourself and what your days are like at Microtouch. And I'm sorry, but you're going to have to mention a little bit about the wall to you. You right. told us about that before we got on, so you got you to talk about it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys about automation today. And um, I'm based in I'm based in Sheridan, Wyoming. So hence the Go Pokes flag. And uh, you know, we, we uh, have a lot of outdoors and skiing and everything, but when it gets 30 below, like it was over Christmas, you need a little hobby on the side. So I just started doodling and figured, hey, if I'm going to be on a podcast, Let's uh, shout out Microtouch. So, nice, very nice. On with Sharpie, so yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're if you're watching, if you don't normally watch the video, go check it out on YouTube just so you can see some of the uh, what he's got going on in the background. Yeah, there. really well done. Absolutely, it keeps me motivated. And ironically, a lot of our partners are in that same uh, all those same cities, so they like to see a hometown shout out now and then. But nice, there you go. I've been uh, I've been working with Blue Star since my inception into the tech 
uh, world in about 2012 with a company called Nemo Monitors. I've since graduated and worked for Microtouch as the North American sales manager. And, you know, we really uh, tailor our message into um, being supportive for ISVs and uh, really honing messages for resellers to sell our solutions within the channel and to their end users. That's a, they're a significant part of the channel and they have the relationships with the end users that we strive to have and keeping both the end users and the resellers happy. And that's what my job has been. So very technical. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the, um, this industry as a whole. And, you know, since I came on board with Microtouch uh, June 1st of 2022, I've learned a tremendous amount about uh, how important the channel is and the ISV partners that specialize in retail. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a great learning curve for me here at Microtouch. And, um, you know, some of the fruits of our labor have definitely been proven in 2022. We look to, we look to carry that on in 2023 as well. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, you know, I appreciate that you noted that, hey, the VARs are the ones that are on the ground close to the mm, end users mm -hmm. there. That's a big part of the reason we, you know, we way this whole channel exists and yep. why we love working with them. So that's also why we're going to get into this conversation about automation and helping mm -hmm. them figure out where some new opportunities might lie because we want them to, you know, find some new business of their own. For sure. So, you know, let's talk about this article that you wrote. Um, you know, I, I I'm going to have the link dropped into the show notes. Um, it's called VARs, Get Ready to Ride the Automation and Robotic Systems Adoption Wave. Mm. Um, and a couple stats that stood out to me that I want to throw out here to get started is you mentioned that half a million touchscreens were deployed in 2020 and a 12% increase through 2022. Uh, and then also that 88% of businesses plan to automate. That's some pretty solid numbers yeah, about you know what's yeah. out there in the market right now, what's right. been happening over the last few years now. Obviously, the you know most people probably think, well, hey, the pandemic had a lot to do with this, right? It's probably the primary driver. But can can you confirm that for us? Has that been the case? And are there any other factors that you know that you found while researching this of why the uh, you know the exponential increase in touch screens and automation is occurring? Absolutely. So before the the pandemic, you had a lot of companies kind of evaluating whether automation is the key to go, uh, and then pandemic was a linchpin that hey, we can either implement this and save business because we have, you know, the government with PPP loans encourage these type of innovations and developments in specific spaces, particularly hospitality, uh, to make business easier on the business owner. Um, pandemic came with a tremendous amount of uh, difficulties, as we all know. But for restaurant owners specifically, or um, is what this is really focused on, the automation piece that drove my curiosity here is owners didn't have any other options. People weren't showing up to work. There were obviously COVID implications. So they streamlined some of the processes that historically been reserved for employees. And they streamlined that they streamlined these with self-service kiosk, um, uh, QSRs in kitchens. And then you saw the development of automation take off from there to all of the different things. So, Automation isn't new, but it was newly adopted to solve specific problems that were exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, and then when companies saw the success of that automation, other companies let other companies kind of take the, the reins at the beginning, and then they saw it was successful, and then they implemented it into their own business. So you always kind of have a couple of companies that strive to be the industry leader or to 
really drive that conversation because there's a lot of profitability of it at the beginning. And then once they've proven a successful model, then other uh, companies see that and they want to replicate that in some capacity. Yeah. You know, I was reading the article and I think it was really good to point out, of course, we've been talking about it a lot, the labor issue, mm-hmm. right? And, and that was obviously, I don't know, for whatever reason, exacerbated during the pandemic. And coming out of that, it's 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 glaring. It is mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's almost everything that only the only thing that everybody's talking about is the shortage of labor, right. whether it's on the hospitality side and the need for interactive kiosks to facilitate order taking. Uh, Tyler, I thought your your article did a great job of kind of painting that picture, right? And, you know, 24-7 is what a kiosk offers a restaurant owner as opposed to trying to get labor in, in to, to navigate. But you can go across the board and then go into supply chain, go back a house. The labor is the issue there as right, well. And, right. that, and that, that's why you're starting to see a significant amount of robotics interest in that. And I'm not talking just the big robotics. So when I was at NRF, it is getting down to like store level and and being able to facilitate easily, more easily, pick pack, you know, within a store, within at least the back of the house, right? Right. So you can have common or, well, you know, product that it's either going to replenish what was on the shelf that was used at that brick and mortar that day, or it can be used for online orders that need to be drop shipped and and really kind of turning the store into like this little distribution center. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it had an effect. It's, it's definitely exacerbated it to a certain degree and, and really leveraging some of these technologies that we're yeah. seeing. I'm, I was amazed at yeah. how much of it was at NRL. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, I, I think um, <laughs> you mentioned, you know, it seems more glaring than ever labor issues and problems. And granted, right. you know, there's there's been reasons why there are labor issues and problems. We've, we've had a lot of episodes talking about that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think a big part of it, too, is that when the you know when everything did occur and we had to make all these pivots and all these companies had to change what they were doing and mm-hmm. embrace automation or figure out how they were going to keep running and doing what they do mm-hmm. while also you know keeping see people safe and mm-hmm. you know or potentially not even having their business open whatever it was mm-hmm. it, i mean there was companies that we saw that w- were able to do that quickly and easily that were able to make those pivots make those shifts and mm-hmm. i think since then we've noticed those and said hey this is what the gold standard should look like this is what our expectations are now of what can be done. Maybe before that, we just kind of accepted, like, all right, things just don't go as fast as we'd like. <laughs> things aren't as smooth as we'd like. Right. You know, we don't get our products as quickly as we expect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as easy to, you know, to pick pack. It's not as easy to do returns. All that kind of stuff. It's not as easy to get our food as quickly. You know, like, we, I think we, we just allowed ourselves to become accustomed to a certain slowness, if right. you will, yep. to mm-hmm. things. Yep. 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 And then we discovered, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't have to be like this. Right. It can be better. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunate it took a pandemic to show us that, right. but we realize that and now that's the standard yeah so for now sure. it's more obvious i think when a business can't do any of that when, for sure when they are slower when they can't operate as, as quickly when they can't pivot as quickly mm. when when labor issues are you know a, a glaring issue it's probably because again we, we compare it to the companies that are doing it right and go yeah you just you can't do this anymore right yeah and i guess some of those companies must just throw up their hands and go labor yeah. <laughs> That's sure, right. I could spend money on automation, but I'm just going to blame it on the labor, labor part. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then, you know, Tyler, you in your article really advocated for VARs to build and explore those automation solutions and do it now, sooner than later, in order to start gaining a competitive edge. So tell us a little bit more about that. Why do you think it's essential for, you know, VARs to be taking the lead right now? It's, it's um, imperative that VARs start educating themselves and implementing solutions because the end user is the one driving these conversations. They are, they don't know exactly what they want, but they know they want to save time. They want to alleviate some of these 
labor issues and they want to be more efficient and profitable, right? So there, there's a dual prong approach for VARs. If you can, if you can um, successfully push solutions that incorporate software and the peripherals and, and the touchscreen and all of that to us and, and be able to sell that seamless solution into these uh, type of applications. And it's vertical specific. The, you know, retail automation isn't going to be the same as manufacturing automation. It's not going to be the same as kiosk automation. They all have their different subgroups uh, that you need to be educated within, right? So uh, it's important for VARs to know their audience, which let's face it, they have very good relationships with their end users. And we need to bring the education through the entire channel to really understand what the end user wants and deliver what the end user wants. So automation is being driven by the end user for numerous reasons, but inevitably we've seen that automation is making it more profitable to be in business for the early adopters. And as their success, success continues, there's going to be companies late to the party that want to also capitalize and get some of that market share and bars need to accommodate that. Yeah, I think the partner assisted notion that you were going on there is so critical. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you think about and we'll just talk, go around the front of house touch screens, you know, you need an ecosystem because you're starting to use it not just for ordering, but customer experience as well. Right. Uh, whether it's sizing or whether it's the endless aisle uh, type of solutions that you're starting to see a significant portion of, um, you know, that all requires an interactive experience. And, and these are the types of things that resellers really need to you know, be aware of those ecosystems and start diving into some of who some of these partners might be. I think Blue Star is going to try to do a better job, certainly this year and moving forward, of enabling our customers by unlocking some of the ecosystems that mm -hmm. we have, that we've developed through our Tech Connect program and stuff like that, because it's, it is that important. But when you think about back a house, and, and if I could go into robotics a little bit, because I think that there's a lot of interest for resellers in robotics, you know, there's some pretty striking numbers around there, around it. So Business Fortune indicated that when you think about it, the rise of robot marketplace, if you will, is going to go from 35 billion. Uh, I'm sorry, is going to go from 16 billion today to 35 billion in just seven years. So wow. you know, the, the just the, ro the again around when you think when I think automation, I think a lot about robotics mm -hmm. and how they're being used. Whether it's aut automated guided vehicles, AGVs, or automated mobile robots, MRs. You know, in the back of house again. Here you're seeing. Uh, let me give you some statistics. There, mobile robots uh, are seeing a growth of around 24 percent uh, for the AGVs and 43 percent for AMRs. Meaning, you know, that that's a significant growth that's going to be happening over the next couple years. And you know, you really need to start dabbling into some of those those types of solutions. All the major lines manufacturers are figuring out a position as it relates to robotics, right. whether it's Zebra, whether it's Microtouch. I don't know if you guys are getting into it, but I know you know for a certain degree on the cobots and things of that nature. You know, there's 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 the need to even interface with these devices. So. Um, again, you, you, you just need to start understanding the universe and how they're starting to be utilized yeah, in the workspace. Definitely. I'll piggyback on that at the idea. And, and we've, I think we've kind of been talking about this is starting to become a bit of our theme this year, along mm -hmm. with the whole partner assisted thing, mm -hmm. which is, look, you don't, you don't have to be the first, mm -hmm. but you surely don't want to be the last in on this stuff. <laughs> That's right. And, and it kind of goes back to part of the conversation we just had with Zach Kleema last week, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, this yeah. idea that 
you know, there's there's a lot of technology that for a long time companies will say, well, that'd be nice to have, mm. but I don't think I really need it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Someday it'll become a need to have. Yeah. For one, one reason or another, it'll become a need to have. And again, yep. we saw a lot of that during the pandemic. But to your point, this idea of the robotic stuff, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that there's still a lot of companies out there that say, mm-hmm. well, that would be nice, but I don't really see the the absolute need yet. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you know, you go that what seven years down the road when that you know that the right. dollar value is going to yep. spike. Yep. Yep. That's when you're probably going to get into the point where a lot more companies are going, okay, I need to. I have need this. to have it now. So yeah. you right. need to be the company that's been talking about for it. sure. For that whole time. For sure. So that when it's that time for them and they finally recognize that there's the need and they yeah. finally understand why it's important to their business, mm-hmm. they will think about you. Yeah. And they'll say, hey, you know what? I've been talking to, you know, Judy over at, um, you know, uh, Robotic Systems Incorporated. <laughs> She's been telling me for, for years now that yeah. I can yeah. incorporate robotics into my, you know, into my uh, yep. suite of tools here yep. at my business. I, I Now's the time to do it. I'm going to give her a call because she's mm-hmm. the one person I know of that knows what's going on there. So yeah, again, sure. don't be last about this stuff. You know, it's it's fine if you're not on the cutting edge right now, but at least be the person having the conversations because again, you're going to get a lot of pushback probably. So a lot of your customers that might be like, ah, I don't know about this yet. That's fine. At least, you know, set yourself yeah. up as the expert. Yeah, you got to get early in on it to see who are the people that are going to start rising to the top and right. being the ones that differentiate themselves. Um, you know, the more it's still a relationship type business, too. So the more that you get to know the people within those ecosystems, the yep. better off you're yep. going to be as well. Way. I mean, I think we're all sold on the automation part. Right. Uh, it's just now the tools and how it's going to manifest itself moving forward. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. Yeah. Well, you referenced, you know, some touchscreen interface yeah, type stuff, right. whatever, mm-hmm. especially the robotics side. Yeah. So, so, Tyler, let's get into that. Let's talk about touchscreens. Where do those fit into the automation conversation? How do we include that into this big picture that we're talking about here? Absolutely. So, you know, you guys bring up some valid points and robotics automation is, let's just take that vertical, for example, and how touch screens, you have assembly lines and they require stop, go um, type applications for the assembly line workers. That's easy. Everyone knows how to use a touch screen pretty, pretty well, right? So it's just, it can make the user interface for some of these production lines much, much more efficient. Um, And at the same time, the the greatest thing as an employer uh, implementing one of these automated solutions is the statistics that these systems bring up. And you can see how efficient your assembly line is going, right? Whereas before with employees or traditional, let's just say it's traditional because we're not trying to phase out employees. Let's, let's, it's just automation is more efficient and you can measure your success a lot more because everything is automated. So as clients and customers are trying to implement automated solutions, this is their primary focus, um, is to make it as easy as possible. And touchscreens do that. Everyone's familiar with iPads, and you have children now that are so indoctrinated with a touchscreen interface, they'll go up to TVs and try to touch them. You know, that everything's a touch interface at this point of our lives because we've been so used to it the past decade of implementation. So kiosks, There'll be a time where you don't order food from a person anymore. You know, it's just a hospitality kiosk. And why that's important is for that, for that uh, client that implemented that solution. Well, guess what? Now the food orders that get screwed up, then it's kind of on the customer, right? Hey, you didn't, you didn't say onions or no ketchup. So again, it's increasing the efficiency and the productivity and the margins of spaces that have traditionally been very tight margins. So touchscreens are definitely uh, an integral piece of the, the 
the operations of a lot of these self-service kiosks, automation and robotics, uh, you name it, uh, there's some sort of touchscreen affiliated with being two inches to 100 inches. There's all sorts of different applications that uh, appeal to, to automation and touchscreens. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before, some you know, use cases of touchscreen, and it's just it's becoming ubiquitous, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're I love I love the fails when you see the little kid walk up to a screen, think, yep. you know, my son did it, like, right? yeah, yeah. he went it's there like, trying to one yeah. on Disney, no, that's Disney not Plus, like trying to like, why can't I? Right. Like, that's the show I, I want to watch. Why can't I tap that? Yeah. But I love the hidden markets because you know our VARs are so you know they understand retail, they understand hospitality, and some of the use cases there. Uh, but when you think healthcare and what's happening back a house, to use mm-hmm. air quotes. In healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, you have doctors and nurses that are now being presented with more and more information, more and more windows uh, that they have to navigate through, and having touchscreen technology yep. to help yep. facilitate that is absolutely where they want to be. They want to be able to drag and drop, you know, X-rays over here and and things of that nature. So that could untap, you know, some some uh, play for you. And I also love the industrial one, like Tyler was talking about. I mean, CNC machines, all these devices, you know, they, they have touch interfaces within them. Uh, so there's no reason why you can't, if you have got, uh, you know, uh, these facilities in your area and your 50 mile radius that you operate in or friends that are in industrial, you know, small manufacturers, things of that nature. These are actually people and, and entities that are getting into touch technology to make their operations much more efficient. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's like it's everywhere. Right? Definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, touch screens are also less error prone. I know if you're someone who fat fingers a lot when you're trying to send out a text mm, or type mm-hmm. an email or something, yeah. you may not think that's the case. But in the end, they actually are. You know, healthcare is one of those perfect examples. I always hear about people talking about touch screens in healthcare. Yeah, and right. usually a lot of the use cases about them talk about the fact that there's less chance for error, which, again, this is one of those situations where you don't want to mess something up. You don't mm-hmm. want to accidentally, you know, type the pit the wrong button for a certain medicine or, mm-hmm. you know, type us, you know, I don't know, I have a, a, a typo or whatever of a you know, measurement or something, you know, that indicates that somebody is healthier than they actually are or whatever. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff you just don't want to mess that up. And if there's a way that that's you right. can, that you're automating that and using a touchscreen to make that easier and an interface that's less prone to those kind of errors, and less prone to people mistyping or miscalculating or whatever, mm-hmm. there's no reason not to do that. Mm-hmm. And the other part that Tyler touched on there too, and you did also, when we talk about the idea of the, the kids that have grown up with this stuff, yeah, your workforce is getting younger. There's more and more people that are that are moving out of these, you know, especially these industrial jobs. Mm-hmm. Younger people are coming in. They've grown up with these things in their hands. The expectation is that they that they're expecting to use them everywhere the mm-hmm. rest of their life. Can you imagine if you sat a 20-year-old down right now, you know, in a in an industrial setting and put them in front of a giant board filled with knobs and switches <laughs> and buttons and doohickeys everywhere yeah, and said, all right, right, this is what you're going to use to control what's going on on the factory floor. Yeah, even probably, steel mills. probably look at you like, what? Yeah, right, what are right. you talking about? Yeah. This is insane. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my phone has more compute power than this thing does. What's going on here? <laughs> so I think that's, that's a, a valid point. Yeah. Uh, well, then, Tyler, let's dive a little further into the industry part. We've already kind of touched a little bit on, like, healthcare and warehouse distribution industrial and you mentioned those in your in your article in particular but are there any any use cases we've missed in those areas or any other industries where you think that there there's really good opportunities for automation that we're just not really thinking about right now absolutely um every every industry that we've evaluated is adopting automation in some form or factor i mean it's it's obvious it's making our lives easier hey i don't have to go into walmart anymore i can automate the entire process from my phone you know so i so i can save 30 minutes by going to the grocery just loading them up in my truck that's a form of automation we're making the 
the, the whole process easier. Walmart loves the data because they know what they're going to, what you're going to buy the next time typically, right? So there's that automation from just a day-to-day -day standpoint. Healthcare is very, very, uh, it's curious to me because while you see the need for automation in healthcare, especially now, our population is getting older and we don't have as many nurses and doctors going into the profession. So we're kind of at a conundrum. So they're really relying on robotics for customer service, which traditionally has not been good in hospitality. I mean, in hospital and medical type situations, obviously no one wants to go to the hospital, but if you go there and your customer and it's a bad customer experience, then you really have a problem. And that's where automation is also solving issues. You mentioned, you know, uh, hitting the wrong buttons. Well, this is important because as they're hitting in prescriptions, a big failure point of doctors in the past was having scribbly handwriting and as a result, getting the wrong prescription and as a result, um, very dire consequences. So eliminating those type of inefficiencies and things that have catastrophic is exactly what healthcare solutions should be doing. But they also should be focusing on the operation of the healthcare establishment, catering to the doctors and the nurses that are constantly attending to the, uh, the people in these establishments and as well as the customer service aspect. Hospitals get paid based on their, their reputation and you know they specialize in these different fields. They really need to bump up their customer service and really, uh, really strive for the best way to take care of these patrons needing healthcare services and they have to rely on technology to help assist with that. Um, there's no eliminating the, 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 the person or the human interface of healthcare because that's your degree of confidence, right? You're more confident as someone telling you uh, the situation or giving you that news as, a, as opposed to a doctor giving you an iPad saying, hey, this is what's wrong. So there's aspects automation definitely help from, from the operation side and the customer service side, but it can't be relied on wholeheartedly at the moment because of these inefficiencies. Uh, it's still a work in progress. And in healthcare specifically, whether you're doing, doing security or just the overall health of the people in healthcare that needs these things, you need to make sure that they're deployed correctly and they have all of the certifications to go in these type of establishments. And you better have all of those knocked off the list before trying to enter haphazardly because again, the consequences of not being educated and entering some of these markets um, can be dire. So not to paint like a doom and gloom type picture, but it's very important as we go into financial or healthcare automation that uh, due to the security of what they're trying to protect, people's information, um, financial information, healthcare records and stuff like that, it's important to really know and really drive a solution that's proven. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about it, keeping it on the healthcare side, you know, the, the need for automation there. I don't know, how. when do you think you're going to get comfortable enough that a little robot rolls up to you and says, here is your problem? That's my robot voice there. You know, and you can take five of these or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's. I think it's going to take, to Tyler's point, I, I mean, think it's going to take a little something while. super simple, like, you know, here's your flu shot or whatever. Maybe. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, to your point, when I get like a doctor, your complete I, like, diagnosis, no, you're not yet. I, I, I want to have a conversation. I want to have someone that knows my history, not just something that's processing an yeah. algorithm. Yeah. Of like, okay, you've said this in the past, therefore we think the problem is X. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for that. You, st- you need yeah. that people element. But there's no reason it. you can't make life simpler for them. Well, that's it. On the way and to that, that. and that's where we're going with this. Or stuff, maybe right? that time, but you know, between like I don't know about you. Have you ever gone to the doctor and yeah. like you're done with your time with them? Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, you can go. And as you walk out, your doctor's like right down the hall. Yes. In a little alcove, they're like, typing away, furiously yeah. typing away, putting in their notes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah putting yeah. all their notes in. Like, right. I imagine that's one of those things that can, with a little bit of automation, can no, be made. That's where a cobot, right? Like a little cobot that's sitting there transcribing what happens and stuff like that, making that life more efficient i can yeah. see a use yeah, there like legality reasons something like that that's yep. transcribing the conversation that a doc hey maybe that's something you reference because lawsuits and stuff like malpractice that's a very good point there might be a very very great uh, automation process that helps them from a legal standpoint that gets so many hospitals in trouble so again the innovations in this space happen with conversations like this and then companies are like I'm going to do it. Yeah. So uh, we've seen an automation in some of the healthcare talks we've talked happening to enable the practitioners, right? Whether it's a sepsis alert or something like that, that's now pinging them on their device. And that's an automated process, right? right? right. It's looking at the, uh, the patient's outcome and their current conditions and saying, giving warnings off. Uh, things of that nature to truly some back of house stuff that that would occur as well to to the patient satisfaction, which is where Tyler is going. I mean, right? If you're in one of those environments, you're used to your world. You want touch screens. You want to have a great experience right, right. along the way, and that's that's really important. So, uh, in enabling that yeah. along the way. Well, and I, I think too, like if especially on the customer side, even if it's not something you're necessarily interacting with, mm-hmm. seeing that the place where you are, whether it's healthcare, yes, has some retail, technology behind it, exactly. Right? Yes. Like I feel a little more comfortable. Well, if I see modern cutting edge technology, if yeah. I walk in and it's an old giant, you know, <laughs> screen, you know, an old CRT screen or something, you know, yes. and like, you know, some, yeah. you know, antiquated technology sitting right. there, yeah. giant old dusty keyboard that looks like it hasn't been cleaned in years, <laughs> like that plastic stuff they used to just flop on top of it and uh, say that was protective. That makes me go, I don't know. I feel about this. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it can be peace of mind, even if it's not something you're directly interacting with. This is so. true. This is true. A little Fair bit of modernization there. All right, right, right. All right. Well, hey, this has been a very informative conversation. I think uh, we've given some new opportunities and ideas to our VARs of where they can go and help their customers automate or at least get these conversations started. Yep. Uh, in a moment, we'll talk a little bit more about how Microtouch can help out with that, All too. All right, fair enough. Uh, but before we do that, we have to, as always, take a moment and thank our sponsors on this yes. show. We thank yep. all the, the fantastic vendors that you know support our Tech Connect program, support mm-hmm. the podcast directly. Thanks, obviously, to Microtouch for sponsoring an episode this mm-hmm. year and lending us Tyler for this particular conversation. But, hey, uh, you know, we also want to know what you, the wonderful viewer slash listener, Thanks for our yeah. show. I implore this every single episode and every time between episodes. I just sit and wait and go, hmm. Somebody needs a, yeah. Waiting right? for a review. I'm waiting for a comment, <laughs> you know, something, just something, anything. So drop us a line. Yeah, like, drop us a line. If, you're, if, you're, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button for this episode. Put a comment below. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. Just give us a comment. So I know that you're, I just want to know you're out there. Right. Subscribe to our channel. You're not going to want to miss our future episodes. A lot of other great content we're putting on YouTube with Blue Star. You want to make sure you're going to be there to see all of that. Hey, if you listen on a, you know, just an audio format, if you're, especially if it's like iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, I guess Apple Podcasts now, technically, but it's the iTunes system, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, leave us a rating and review. We want to hear from you. And then more importantly, even more than that, is what do you want to hear about on the show? Yes, right? Well, who do you want us to talk to? What yep. do you want us to discuss? What industry should we Do we need into? a deeper dive into touch technology? Exactly. Do we need deeper dives into automation? Yeah. What we do don't we know that right. unless you tell us. That's We're right. happy to come up with random ideas, and yeah. our vendors tell us things they want to talk about, but 
if you don't tell us what you want to hear about, we can't make this show perfect for you. So there's always a link in the show notes where you can drop us a suggestion for a topic. Click there, just leave us a quick little note of like, hey, I'd like to hear about this, or hey, I think it'd be cool if you talk to so-and-so, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. great if you do a little deeper dive into this particular technology, or what do you think about this article? Any of that stuff, send it to us. Just for doing so, we will send you a Technic Podcast t-shirt. There you go. Even if we don't use it, if even if it's something we covered three years ago, man, it has been that long already, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. Three years ago, and I say, no, <laughs> hey, go back and check out this episode. I'll tell you everything you need to know. We'll still send you that T-shirt, so please. And, and send maybe those Tyler ideas. will throw in a 75-inch touch monitor. Just I'm not, kidding, just I'm not kidding. holding him accountable <laughs> that one. So. A 65 is where we. Uh, you know, oh, there it is, 65-inch touch <laughs> monitor. <laughs> That'll get the suggestions coming in. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, I can just see now. Here's where you can yeah, send my right. monitor. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, but hey, if it gets yeah, us some flag on it, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> there you go. If it gets us some suggestions, I don't care. Yeah, we can, yeah, you know, yeah. can be angry. But we on the care. Side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Microtouch's initiative. We'll figure it out. Yeah. There you go. And as always, if you want to communicate um, with us, you can always email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com or find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. All right, let's wrap things up here, as always. First of all, yeah. with our value to the VAR. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about this idea of where all these opportunities lie. Mm-hmm. But now once our VARs get out there, like, all right, I want to start exploring automation mm-hmm. with my customers. Mm-hmm. I want to have start having these conversations, ready or not, or maybe some of them are getting there but don't quite know what to do. Well, how does partnering up with, you know, folks like with Microtouch and with us, you know, for that matter, too, how's that going to help them win this business when they start having those conversations? Absolutely. So Microtouch understands the mission of resellers first and foremost, and education is key. When it comes to a a reseller and Microtouch in specific, sure, we manufacture 7 to 65-inch touch solutions, and we can always lead with that with these resellers, but the assurance that Microtouch specifically comes to those conversations with is the following. Hey, we've worked really uh, hard the past year to make sure that a bunch of the peripheral printer companies, RFID, cash drawers, all of the peripherals that fit in the retail solution, we've proactively gone out and made partnerships and certified our product uh, with their product. So we can confidently say, hey, resellers, if you're going into a retail, here are the line of printers that, uh, that work. And oh, by the way, if you're looking for some pull mounts, these are the manufacturers that we work with. Are you looking for your own kiosk? We've certified with all of these partners to remove some of the legwork that really inhibits uh, some resellers from testing out new markets or selling into new markets. They tend to uh, gravitate towards what they know and I don't blame them. If it's a proven solution, why wouldn't you keep selling that? And that's what we try to help influence with the resellers. So um, how Microtouch achieves this is we set up lunch and learns or we set up uh, webinars on how they can learn. And if they have specific questions about ISVs, we can give them a, uh, we can give them a certified list of the ISVs we work with, make those introductions and kind of polish off that final solution with hardware being the centric part for us. And then the secondary part is the software, which again, we've gone to uh, great lengths to certify. So when we go to these resellers, we say, Hey, we know for a fact, this is certification. And if you need the customer support or anything really tailored towards a specific opportunity, we have the resources to do that. So, and our partners appreciate that and the VARs appreciate that. So it's, it's a really a, a trifecta type working environment because we're just educating 
and making sure that we're all compatible before going into a situation that's not vetted and then dealing with the issues of not being compatible or that, that we've all, we've all been there and we look to avoid that at all costs. So, um, customer service and, uh, tailoring solutions to these specific verticals in this instance, automation is really important message for us to send to the bars and show them how to do it. Automation is one of those things that takes a partner ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. And so the way the way we layer on top of what everything that Tyler just said there uh, is through our Tech Connect program, the channel's best ecosystem, uh, and then in a box solutions, we're actually developing some with MicroTouch right now and Intel. Uh, these are holistic solutions, right? They're great door openers, mm-hmm. and and whether it's through automation, and, and obviously as we've talked about here, automation manifests itself in so many different ways, right, from kiosks right. to whatever it, it may be. Um, but you know, coming up with actual solutions which is what we try to do within a box uh, that again, are those door openers to walk in. So, so I think that's th- through those collaborative efforts, like what we're having with, with Microtouch and Blue Star and the ISVs that Tyler was mentioning. Uh, that's how you get it done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there. Both of you did. There's <clears> the <throat> idea that, Hey, this isn't a situation where an automation solution is not one where just selling a piece of hardware is going to get it done. That's right. Yeah, it's not one right. where just selling the software is going to get it done. That's right. It's yeah. not one where just selling a service is going to get it yeah. done. It's got to be all combined. Yeah. And to, to Tyler's point, you know, if you're working with partners like Blue Star, like Microtouch, we're going to help you with the training. We're going to help you with the understanding. We're going to help you with introducing to all the partners that can, you know, help you get to this solution point. Again, it's that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It's I, I like again. I feel like this is going to be an overarching theme for us this year. Is this idea of look. We all got to come together. Ovar is an island. Nothing. You can't just sell one thing to solve somebody's problem. It's going to be a lot of stuff, and it's going to require several different people helping you work Absolutely. on this. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up, as always, with our favorite segment each week, What's yes. Tech Connecting With You? Yes. It's where we get to chat about something in the world of science, tech, innovation, business, just something we feel like chatting about, something mm-hmm. caught our eyes, something mm-hmm. that's... Uh, exciting us or something that's terrifying us. You never know. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, I'll let you start. What's Tech Connecting With You right now? Oh man, I mean, I've, I've been curious about a whole lot of things. Um, the electric car, uh, how that has been adopted has just been incredible. The fission and fusion uh, developments, but just the, the applications that automation has been applied in have been crazy. I live in Sheridan, Wyoming. Um, there's a lot of blue collar type manufacturing services here. Right. And uh, for oil fields, gas, uh, vacuums, all of these things. And I've had the opportunity to go into both of their uh, manufacturing facilities and it is completely automated. So geographically, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. We tend to adopt things a little bit later than, than the populace, but they're adopting and having incredible success. So I just really encourage people to be curious in science, math, because there's a lot of developments that. Uh, they're super interesting and they're going to be imperative in the way that we operate moving forward. And if you own a business, then it's doubly important to, to understand some of these things because business owners can really capitalize on being in the front end or the adoption stage of these new developments for sure. There you this. go, Tyler, advocating that people get into the technology. That's how America stays on the on the front edge, right? That's Innovation. Right. That's, That's right. where it's all about. That's yeah. right. Curiosity might kill cats, but it's pretty good for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. We don't need any cats Just don't play with electricity. Anyway. Just do not play with electricity. <laughs> right. yeah. That's no <laughs> doubt. Always no doubt. a good tip. All right, Dean, what's second negative with so you? So what do you think one of the major problems with commercializing drones is? Um, I'm guessing just like, you know, 
regulation. Well, you know? okay, and, yeah, that's like a good one. Keeping yeah. them from flying into planes. Yeah, okay, that's a pretty issues. good one. Uh, all valid. Okay, but what's, it's what's, what do you think? The noise, one is? right? They're flipping. Okay, that's loud. a good point. Yes, you're, you're, you're right. Like, if you if you're you can hear a drone like a mile away, yeah, and yeah. then like if it was actually delivering something near you, it would be like uh, perhaps a religious experience because <laughs> you know what is this? What is this thing flying in here? Okay, so there's a company out there called the Steve Foster's knees. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> take me now, Lord. But, so uh, yeah. hi, this is Amazon. <laughs> there's an aerospace startup called un, un, Undefined Technologies. Undefying. Which, yes. Okay. Which has developed a silent cargo delivery drone. And it uses ionic propulsion or ion oh, propulsion nice. to do that, which is really kind of awesome when yeah, you, when you yeah. look at it and, and when you look at this article. But anyway, so it's got this device that can carry a payload and it, it produces noise that's only well, right now it's at 75 dB. So how loud is that? That's as though you're uh, you're standing close to. A, a clothes dryer, right. you know. So when now you have going to set your on, dog off, though. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but but you, you got to see the video because it looks like there's no propellers, right? Which right. is really bizarre. Right. You know, when you think drone, you think a quadcopter right. and you know high whatever high RPMs zzz, flying around. No, this thing's like a box with these, and I don't know how it does the propulsion. I don't know understand how ionic or ion propulsion works, uh, but it just hovers. You know, it's this box that hovering is kind of sounds like an electrical hum. You know, to it, uh, but they're 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 tackling the drone. I didn't even know we needed to tackle this. You know, the the noise issue. It but does that's make how sense when you think sophisticated about it. the drone industry is already getting right, is that they're right. trying to tackle well, just the noise factor, right? Yeah. So uh, so there's a company out there. I guess we could all invest in it because it's a startup if we wanted to. Uh, but yeah, they're out there yeah. and ionic ion propulsion. Yeah. Pretty cool. To your point, I had not thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think you know if you get to the point where there's enough drones out there, like we think yeah. it's going to be, is there just yeah. going to be this? Is going to be like like the cicada invasion that you get every 17 years. <laughs> well, I feel just a constant hum all the time. Or yeah. even think about it in the warehouse, because right, drones yeah, are like yeah. flipping everywhere now. So you're working in a warehouse and zoom, zoom, yep. zoom. Yeah. they're just flying all around you. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> and so yeah, your natural instinct is to swat at them or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that figured out with ionic or ion propulsion. There I appreciate you go. companies that think about a problem that none of the rest of us have thought about. There it is. Yet, so. There it is. Yeah. Like that. Fair well, enough. Yeah. Ring has a drone now that's inside your house that literally maps out your house and drives in the middle to secure it when you're away. See, oh, wow. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I love drones. I have a couple of myself and it's, it's fan. They're, they're fantastic. But the amount of close encounters of, if you're not aware of other airplanes in the area, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a security risk. So you definitely again, education is key when it comes to drones. Hundred yep. percent. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's tech connecting All with right, you, John? Well, uh, speaking of uh, being in the air and airplanes, yes. um, imagine a world with no airplane mode. Okay. Where you no longer have to turn your. Are we getting there? Airplane. Are we close to that now? We are. Okay. I mean, there's been discussions about it, but it does one of those things that just seems to slowly drag along. But apparently, the EU, who decides to do everything, yes, of course, sooner and better than we do yes, all yes, the time, of course, uh, they are as of June 30th, they're going to start requiring that 5G be available on planes. So nice. People no longer have to be in airplane mode if they can access 5G uh -huh. on their device. They can leave that on and access it that, that way. They basically have done the, the studies and say, hey, the risk of any interference is so ridiculously small that it's not an issue. Mm. Now, Grant, they didn't say it was n it was zero, yeah. but it's so small, small that it's probably it's not so going to be small. any kind yes, of problem. Yes. Right. 
Well, uh, it so, seemed to me like wrangling the technology, you know, and controlling it right. is better than higgledy piggledy. But go ahead. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, so I think you know we're just in a situation where we're you know waiting for that to happen here on the U.S. side before mm-hmm. we can actually get there. All right. But it's nice to see that it's it's happening. That you know that some folks are actually making this move yeah, and that we're having didn't a discussion. You just say no, discussions? Didn't you just say that they're the EU is forcing plane makers to have this technology? There, yeah, they okay. Well, therein like, lies the difference, my friend. That's yeah. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's not the cold hard hand of the government coming down <laughs> and saying you have to do this. So. Probably not. But either way, I, that's you know I'm pumped about that. I I just want reliable Wi-Fi, honestly. Like, oh, I no mean, doubt. I don't yeah. even care about like I don't need to be able to make phone calls. And frankly, I'm kind of okay. If I think I still think they should ban calls, those. I don't yeah. want video calls happening on planes. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Hey, how you doing? No, 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 no. I won't be we surprised if they do this and immediately find like, <laughs> all right, we've got to set some rules up around this. I mean, the streaming stuff I'm good with, and right, you know right. that kind of stuff. All right, fine. Exactly. But, yeah. for, the, for the purposes of entertainment and doing, oh, doing your Lord. business and whatnot, that's fine. But yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, I don't need to have five people yeah. around me on the. You right. know, on a, on on a, a video, video chat, call. yelling with their dog. Hey, I'm in the, I'm on an airplane, <laughs> an airplane. <laughs> I, I, I'm on the airplane. No, I don't need that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. People like that. I want to show them some touch technology. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, that's what's yeah. tech connecting with us. Tyler Wells from Microtouch. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us today. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, guys. And hey, uh, until next time, you know, um, maybe uh, find yourself a quiet drone. Yes. Automate some processes. Bingo. And, and please don't make any FaceTime calls. No, no not the way. I don't care if they let you do it. And as always, folks, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Microtouch. All right, Dean, it's a new era of touch. New era. We're, we're touching things differently than we did before. <laughs> oh, we are? Okay, yes. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe a little more cautiously. How about more, more cautiously and more definitely. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A little, little both there, yeah. There you we go. want more, but we're also being a little more cautious. Yeah, that's right. Introducing the new mock family of desktop displays and digital signage from Microtouch, designed to bridge the gap between consumer aesthetics and the next gen of interactive commercial technology. Nice. So this mock series, they're ultra slim in design yep. with radiused corners and edges. Edge-to-edge glass. Ooh, a nice yes, smooth look yes, to it. Yeah. Yes. All models include optically bonded screens with no air gap, enhanced dust and moisture protection, and reduced reflections. This Ooh, is, wow. this is all, all my keywords. Right I love here. that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Etched anti-glare technology makes them more consistent, durable, and scratch-resistant, and the 8-bit panel produces better colors, over 15 million more than standard 6-bit panels. Holy moly. Colors what you've probably palette. never even seen or experienced in your life. Yes, unless you looked at a rainbow, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. By the way, speaking of which, I read some random article the other day huh? about the color maroon being something we only create in our heads. It doesn't oh, great. really exist. Oh, great. I don't know. I didn't read any <laughs> further than that, but you know, it might be... I bet s- you the Mock series could do it. <laughs> That's right. The Mock series actually can't make it, yeah. Uh, on the Desktop models and the ergonomic stand is fully collapsible, convertible to wall mount, offers 180 degrees of tilt, and enhanced cable management for simplistic installation. So to learn more about the Mach series covered by a three-year warranty, check out the link in the show notes to explore sizes and additional specs to meet any of your customers' needs. Mach, feel the speed of touch. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. So, hey, we talk a little bit about automation. Yep. Automation is something that RFID can help you accomplish, oh, right? yes, 100%. But at the same time, RFID is also not anything new. That's true. You can trace the roots of RFID back as far back as World War II. Oh, I thought you were going to go to like the 1800s or something. Like not, maybe not that far back. Okay, no. World War II. With yeah, yeah. the development of the first identification friend or foe IFF technology. Mm, nice. Uh, since then, advancements in RFID technologies have made it an indispensable asset tracking tool for organizations across a wide spectrum of technology 
technology and industry sectors. Uh, and adoption is accelerating all the time. Now, in some sectors, retail, for example, mm-hmm. the percentage of companies not considering RFID is now down to the single digits. Oh, I thought you were going to say zero. Darn, yes. Uh, but single not quite digits? Zero. There's always going to be a holdout. There's always going to be that one company that's like, no, I'm never doing this. And that company was Kodak <laughs> or Blockbuster, whatever other company you Just can think of. Just throwing that out there, yeah. That threw right. themselves out of business because yeah, they were stubborn and didn't move quick enough. Bingo. That's not who you want to work with anyway. <laughs> Zebra wants to help you understand how this technology can fit into your business with an ebook called The RFID Opportunity, a Guide for Bars. As you'll learn in this ebook, there are myriad industry specific applications and benefits that will drive the adoption of RFID systems for years to come. As interest in RFID continues to grow, so does the opportunity for VARS with in house expertise to connect customers with the ideal solutions for their needs and budgets. So check out the link in the show notes to get your free ebook.